Thank you very much. Distinguished guests, honored young men and women, it's really a pleasure for me to be here tonight and especially to receive this award. I'm very pleased that they chose to do it here at the Air and Space Museum following this movie and that you had a chance to witness it. I feel very close to this because I flew that camera on two of those flights and feel like it's a part of me. I'm quite often, often asked as I travel around the country what it's like to fly in space. And believe you me, there's no way I can describe it. This movie comes as close to it as anything I've seen. Some of those scenes that you saw, especially coming down the, uh, the boot of Italy, which we shot and took a while to set up, that's about as close to being up there as you can get without actually doing it. The windows get pretty much smudged from people's noses, you might expect. The, the takeoff scenes, we can't do justice here. Uh, they give you a, a little bit of the feeling. Those, uh, those engines, when they light, they let you know they're there, but when the solids light, you know you're headed someplace, hopefully in the right direction. It's um, not really violent. It's more like a, a nice, smooth, steady push. Being a Navy pilot, I happen, happen to liken it to, a, to an aircraft carrier cat shot. The ride on the solids is, uh, is really a pleasure. It's a tremendous feeling. Uh, it's not violent, it's kind of noisy. About the time you're going through 30 to 40,000 feet, uh, you start going supersonic, and as the shock waves travel over the, over the vehicle, it's kind of like driving down an old country road where it's bumping a little bit, and that's uh, pretty much what it's like. Last about 10 or 15 seconds, and uh, a couple of minutes, the solids are burned out and they're jettisoned off, as you saw in that film, and it's very quiet. You don't hear the engines at all because you're above most of the sensible atmosphere and you travel on into orbit just using the main engines. About eight and a half minutes, you're going over 17,000 miles an hour. Believe you me, that's a, that's a fast eight minutes and you saw what it's like up there, at least from looking out the window. And floating around, a lot of people think that somehow, somewhere tucked away in NASA, we have this machine that you can simulate zero G. I wish we could make one. We could make lots of money. But uh, the closest we come to it is that that water facility you saw, the big swimming pool, but uh, that really doesn't do it justice. Uh, you almost have to experience that. The shuttle itself, of course, is, was only designed uh, to fly in low Earth orbit, low Earth orbit being oh, 100, uh, 300 miles up. Most of those Earth scenes you saw were shot about uh, 300 miles. Uh, the rate at which you saw us moving, that's just about what it looks like. Of course, that you're just looking out one window, and we've got lots of windows, fortunately, in the shuttle because this pilot's argued for them, and, uh, it, uh, you get to encompass the whole scope of things looking out multiple windows. I know one, one of the flights there, the, the last one we did on 41G, I looked, we were coming on a pass from north to south, sort of flying over Turkey, and I looked out the window, and you could see the entire Mediterranean all the way uh, across uh, the boot of Italy, of course, was there to the, to the Straits of Gibraltar. And looking down south, seeing uh, the Nile Delta, just as you saw it there, only you, it was all there at once. And uh, there's no way I think you can describe that unless, unless you really uh, have a chance to experience it. The shuttle gives us a unique capability, of course, to fly back in a winged vehicle and land at a runway. It's a, not exactly like landing an airplane, but as uh, Chuck taught me a long time ago when he was commandant of the test pilot school out at, uh, at Edwards Air Force Base where I was uh, a student, where they first taught me to make gliding, gliding landings like that. It's uh, once you learn it, uh, 
it becomes second nature. It's a, it's a fantastic vehicle. It really is. A very dear friend of mine has been saying over the past few months that these are dark days in NASA. They really are. But they won't last. It's very difficult to, uh, to achieve and win without losing sometimes. We just had a very severe loss. And we will overcome it. One thing, I, one point I would like to make is that those of us that have an opportunity to fly, we're generally the ones that you see in the limelight, but they're, as said in this movie tonight by Walter Cronkite, there are thousands of people out there, not only at NASA, but all the aerospace contractors that support us and make this possible. Those people give their heart to this program and they really care about it. Their morale is, uh, is pretty down right now too, but they can achieve. And contrary to what one might, uh, the impression one might get in the media these days, there are still some fantastic people that work in that industry that can make us fly again. All the way from the technicians up through, and yes, including the managers. We have super managers in NASA. But they're all human, we all are, and I doubt if there's a person sitting here tonight that hasn't uh, messed up at one time in your life and made a wrong decision. We had a few, few wrong ones made at NASA, and we're gonna correct those. We will, uh, we will overcome it. One point uh, that I would like to make specifically to you young people tonight, it's one of the reasons I like the title on the movie, it's one thought I would like to leave you with. If you can dream it, it's possible. And as far as I'm concerned, the dream is still alive. Thank you.